of the Billy and T-Hat show. I'm T-Hat. And I'm Billy. And we're going to talk about whatever we want because it's our show and not yours. Oh, I like that. It is spooky. We're in October now, so we're officially in Halloween season. Right. And, uh, yeah, if you guys listened to last week's show, um, my friend Bill Welker uh, came on and sat in for Billy, and we talked about basically what the uh, title of the show says. Uh, dieting, dating, beards, and babies. <laughs> yeah, we offer variety on this channel, so it's really cool to be able to have different people on and just give different perspectives of different, I guess, interests and topics out there. That's a very interesting one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, last week was a lot of fun. I mean, it's always a lot of fun to do these shows, but last week, you know, was was really good. Um, and the reason Bill Welker sat in last week for Billy is because Billy was uh, on vacation. So yeah. let's let's hear about that. Oh man, I was off for twelve days, just time away from work and everything, and uh, it was pretty good, man. Uh, I went with my friend Brian and I. We went down. I've been friends with him since my days at Lincolnland, and uh, we went down to Tennessee for a little bit. It was interesting, uh, Gatlinburg, and we got to the cabin. And you know, I don't like heights, so driving there, it was. I, I, like I said, I was going slower because you're going up the mountains and you know how your ears kind of pop a little bit when you get up higher. Yes. So a little bit of that going on. But after driving so long, we were in the mountains when we stopped. We were stopped, but it still felt like I was moving. It was strange. I think of my body just adjusting to the height changes and stuff. Yeah. Um, once I was there after a while, I was fine. Yeah. Mountains tend to mess up your body chemistry. Um, I've, I okay. I moved uh, when I was a little kid. I moved from where I live now to uh, North Carolina, uh, Wilmington, Castle Hayne to be exact. And to get there, you had to go through mountains. So there were oh. lots of trips through mountains. And I could remember that feeling that you described, uh, feeling yeah. like you're moving, but you're really Just... stand, standing still. Yeah, and it was just like, this is weird. As long as I was moving in the car, it was fine. But you got to think, it's eight and a half hour drive, plus you lose an hour because of the time change. Yeah. So it's actually, it feels like nine and a half. And we stopped in for dinner because traffic. We got to Gatlinburg last year. Like, I went last year as well, but we got there early. We got there late last year. This year, we got there early, so it was still light out, and the traffic was heavy. It was about dinner time, so we just stopped in and got food to get out of traffic and by the time we got out of there it had calmed down and a few a few funny things happened okay. while i was on the trip and i'd like to share those interesting things the first thing that happened we went to a kroger 
And, you know, there's a Kroger, like, it's not too far from me, but it's like a half hour. So I have places closer. So I, I tend to go like IGA or Walmart or whatever. But um, we went to Kroger and they have this. It was so busy that all the lines were full. So we decided, hey, we're going to go self-checkout. So Brian and I, we, we just split the cost and half whatever the food for the cabin. We're sitting there. We're getting our stuff checked out. And it gives you like two seconds. And it goes, please place items in the bagging area. So you put them down, and then we didn't realize there's two bags in the front and then behind, but there's not really a lot of move, a room to move. And we were filling up the bags, and we didn't realize because there was not a sign posted that you could put the stuff on top as well. So he's trying to move a bag, and he goes, please play signs in the bagging area. And so we actually, after that experience, because we heard that thing 20 times, we actually made a Spotify music playlist called "Please Place Your Shit in the Bagging Area," <laughs> <laughs> and because so, we, we were trying to come up with the name, and I put that, and he started laughing. So that happened. And then our second night, we almost said, "Let's get out of here right now." I almost said, "Let's pack our stuff and let's go." What happened was it would have been our second night there. It would have been Tuesday night. We were downstairs, and I watched a movie with. He showed me a movie called "The Tourist" with Angelina Jolie and Johnny Depp. I had not seen it yet. And it was something okay. that he had. He's like, hey, let's watch this. I'm like, cool. So we watched the movie. And when he walked into the cabin to the left, there was the room I was staying in. I had that door locked. You walked down further past the stairs, and there was a door to get into the bathroom and then another door to get into the bedroom. Well, what happened was he went pee or whatever, and the toilet wouldn't flush. I guess the handle thing was broken. Oh, no. So he had to use my bathroom. Not a big deal because I could just shut my door or go wherever. But what happened was, it's, I swore, I was in the bathroom, and I was getting ready to go back downstairs, and it sounded like the, the door knob was turning, you know, like somebody was grabbing it. And so I text him, I said, hey, I'm wash, like, I just got to wash my hands. I text him, I said, hey, I'll be down in a minute, so you can use the restroom. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm down in the basement. And then we heard a female voice coming from inside the cabin at 2 in the morning. Whoa. And so I, Brian whispered to me, he goes, did you hear that? I said, yeah. I said, you have your pocket knife. He goes, it's upstairs. Well, his upstairs bedroom's open. So you walk up the stairs and there's no doors or anything. The only thing they have, there's the bathroom. So we check there, nothing's in there. We check under the bed, everything's good. The closet is just a washroom dryer. So upstairs is good. I'm the one leading. He's the one with the damn knife. I was braver than him, I guess. So we get downstairs to the front, we get down to the front floor we go outside to the back and realize there's no way up there. There's no stairs or anything. It's a 40 to 50 foot drop. So there's no way to climb up. Like, okay, that's weird. And we go and, you know, we go downstairs, the basement, there's a few doors to come in up. But once again, this is like a 35, 40 foot drop. There's no way to climb up it. So we're like, well, that's so weird. What the hell is that? So we're freaked out. Come to find out the security system. When you open the door, it tells you what door is opening. Oh. So we go out the front door, and that's when we heard again, and we start laughing because – but but it, this is what the voice sounded like. And I can't imitate a female voice world, but it was like – it wasn't like a front door is open. It was like front door, back door. It was like a sinister kind of voice. So we're freaked out because the year before when we got to a cabin, different place – it was pitch black and Ghost Hunter was on at 2 in the morning or like 11 o'clock at night. We're like, man, this looks like the start of a bad horror film. So the last two years we've stayed in cabins, something weird had always happened. And that was just like, I almost said, let's pack our stuff. Let's get out of here. 
because this is crazy because there were other cabins around. So we thought maybe at first we thought maybe someone got into the wrong cabin, but we heard a female voice and we couldn't quite make out what it was. And then we opened it. We heard people talking. So we think maybe the neighbors were talking. So the combination of the security system and then the neighbors talking when outside is what freaked us out a little bit. And um, I wasn't even wearing brown pants that day, so I wasn't <laughs> really prepared for the situation. <laughs> wow. Like, that that is kind of weird, though, um, that you have a voice telling you what door is opening. Well, what it is is you can arm it, but the problem is since he had to come downstairs to use the bathroom, if we armed it when he walked past the security system – it would have set off the alarm. And what happens is when you open the front door, you have 30, like when you first get there, you have 30 seconds to walk to the alarm, turn on the lights and activate the uh, code or the police are called. Oh, I so got we you. had to de-arm it before we went to bed. Otherwise, if he would have got up and forgot about it when, as he was coming down the stairs to go to the restroom, it would have actually set off the security system. Oh, I got you. But it was freaky, man. Like, like, and I don't get scared easy because I'm looking at my animatronics right now. I have said for Halloween, I have to get something that I find slightly scary in order to buy it because I don't like lame decorations that aren't scary. I, mean, I have like the traditional plug-in jack-o'-lantern because I feel like that's something you kind of have to have. But the other stuff, it's all kind of creepy. So it's like I do not get scared easy. I go to haunted houses. And generally, I'll be with like there'll be two or three of us, and they'll come at me, with, and I'll just kind of laugh. Like the one guy had a fake chainsaw one year and came at me, and I was hopping on one leg when I got out of there, and the security guard shined a flashlight. He goes, "What happened to you?" I said, "That guy chopped my leg off." He goes, "I bet that hurt." I said, "Yeah, now I have to go work at IHOP for the rest of my career." Oh wow! So I just kind of play along with the with the haunted house, but it was it was a little bit creepy, you know, and um, it was just like when you're traveling you're in a new place you're already kind of like i actually slept fine the only problem is they have these sleep number beds and you have to figure out what number you are and i'm like i don't need anything this fancy this is way too complicated for me because it was like okay turn it up a little bit and then it was either too firm which i like more of a firm bed anyways and it was like i, I fought around with this thing for like a half hour before i guys like you know what the hell of it i'm just gonna try it <laughs> right I, I have never slept on a sleep number bed before it, it, honestly, I don't feel like they're worth the money. I know some people spend three or four grand. Oh, that's too fancy much. Beds and mattresses, and yeah, like like if you want to sleep in a bed like that, they're really expensive. Yeah, that's way so, too it, much it, money. You know, I'm I'm an easy to please person. If I have a good quality um, bed frame and then just a comfortable mattress, I'm fine. I don't need a high end multiple thousand dollar bed even even if i even if it hell even if i won the lotto i we were talking about this actually and it's interesting because i guess i'll ask you as well but the trip the trip went fine you know we got to go to the aquarium and uh the people there wore their mask but in in tennessee like in downtown i would say probably 50 percent or less wore their mask we had them on we went to the buildings there was an arcade we went into and we were the only ones in there for like the first 45 minutes, so it was awesome. But yeah, there were people being – they were not wearing their mask. I'd say about 50%. A lot of them were older people not wearing the mask. It wasn't younger people. It was older people that weren't wearing the mask, which surprised me because like you would think – I mean younger people are still affected by COVID. Right. But at the same time, older people's recovery rate – you know what I mean? Like there, there could be more complications easier. Yeah. So – 
it was just strange to see a lot of people without masks on. Yeah, that is strange. That is strange. Um, funny story. Just kind of caveat from that for a second. Yeah. Um, my best friend in the whole wide world um, delivered a bed, a couch, and a um, and a recliner uh, today to my house because I needed them. And nice. and um, he helped put my kitchen table back together. And we went to Walmart because we needed some tools to put the table back together. Sure. And um, I saw a friend of mine and. Uh, now, now Walmart, um, mind you, is not allowed to give out masks anymore. Really? Yeah. So if you show up to the door, um, if you show up to the door without a mask, you're just going to go in without a mask. They're not going to enforce it. They're not going to... Right. But um, anyway, so... I'm counting because normally when I go to Walmart without a mask, I'll I'll grab one from the the people greeter. The well, they call them um, customer hosts now. Yes. So uh, I I grab one from there, but you know they're like, oh, we don't give out masks anymore. Blah 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 blah. Just we ask you to stay six feet away. Um. So I walk in and I saw another friend, and she was like, oh, well, there's trouble. And I was like, if anybody in this in this store needs a mask on, it would be you. So yeah, I was kind of proud of my pun there, but she she didn't take it too well when I said that. Oh, yeah, that yeah, I could see that being taken the wrong way. But I find it funny, but yeah, um, and just I'm. I'm kind of, I'm doing this podcast with you and I'm communicating with my roommate at the same time. So I'm multitasking. See, I have trouble multitasking. I end up falling flat on my ass when I do try to multitask and it just doesn't work out. So I, I, I prefer, I mean, it, it depends on what it is. Like when I'm getting ready for work, kind of my pre-work ritual, I get up and I, my living room and kitchen is just like one big room in my apartment, which is perfect for me because like being able to have TV on. So what will happen is I will have an episode of Netflix on as I am uh, cooking. So I'll be cooking. I'll start selling my coffee first. I'll get my coffee ready, start it, and I'll start cooking. And then I'll throw on an episode of Netflix. Lately, I've been watching The Ranch. Uh, I'm into like part five now, so I'm about halfway through the show. Okay. But I will go in and do that, and I will make dinner, and then I will sit down and eat. So, you know, I'll cook and have the TV on and be doing multiple, a lot of things. And you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm like when I'm getting ready for work, I just – it's kind of my time. So it's like uh, I just try to do that. But multitasking in general depends on what it is, I guess. Um, I'm generally good at multitasking, but the, what you just said, I really I, – I can, I can relate to it because – like, before I have to do something, I have to be, like, in the mindset of doing it. So I have to have my own time. Maybe um, that's what it is. Yeah, maybe it's just, like, an automatic thing for me. Like, it's like, hey, I'm getting ready to go to work. I need to feel like I did something today that I wanted to do. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having me time. Like, I live, 
okay, this is going to sound terrible, but I have a roommate, like I said, and yes. my mom lives with me. So I, I take care of her. All the bills are sure. in my name. So don't any of you guys out there be like, oh, he lives with his mom. No, I pay all the bills. She lives with me, technically. Um, yes. So, but, you know, there are times when I just don't want to be around either of them. And it's not that I don't, you know, it's not that I don't ever want to be around them. But there are just certain times when I just go to my room and I want me time and I want to just chillax and not worry about having a conversation with somebody. Well, I feel so bad because it's like it. Well, I don't feel bad actually. I'm gonna say, say oh no, but like in the last, I'm gonna say okay. So I had roommates in college, and then I had my own apartment in Danville when I taught. That didn't work out, so I came to Hillsboro, room with some friends. Nothing wrong with them, you know. Everything was cool, but it's like I, I got my own place. I you know when I when I I got to Hillsboro, I'd been away from everybody for a long time. So I really I had a couple of friends that I met, but when we would go Pokemon hunting once a week, that was kind of like our fun thing. Every Friday night, we would be downtown in Danville with like 10 to 20 people. Sometimes I'd bump into some students and stuff and we would go Pokemon hunting. That was kind of my one thing I was allowed to do on Friday nights. So I'd go get food. By the time I got out of school, I had to get out of there like five o'clock in the evening. I'd go pick up food, go back, eat, watch a show, great papers. And that was kind of like my thing, but I used to be so outgoing. Like, um, I can remember in college, there was one summer, I think I stayed home all day on my off days, like one day that summer, like I was go, 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 go. And so when I, so I went in Danville and I was around like nobody, but then when I came back to Hillsboro, everyone wanted to see me. So I was going, going, going to everything. But now it's like, now that I have my own apartment again in my own space, it takes more time for me to reset. Like if I'm like if I have overtime instead of being off two days, I'm only off one. Then yeah, I don't generally do much that day because I'm only up for a few hours. I go back to bed and I'll be up and I'll wake up at like two in the morning with all kinds of energy and there's nothing to do, so I'll watch TV or whatever. But now it's like I don't know what it is, but I am not like tonight. I had a buddy of mine. We were celebrating his birthday kind of late, so we went out for dinner and then we went to the theater to see Hocus Pocus. Okay. They're playing, they playing older movies because the release of the new movies is going to be few and far between now because of all the delays and everything. Right. But it just takes me more time. Like I like to have that time my own. And it's like, I have some good friends I like hanging out with and I will do that. But there have been times where it's like, you know, I've been on like, say if I'm off my three day weekend, which if I'm off, it's Saturday. Cause I work nights. It'd be Saturday night, all day, Sunday, all day, Monday. So Saturday nights generally get laundry done, get, caught up in the apartment which usually i try to keep it pretty somewhat tidy anyways but i do that and then it's like okay sunday is my first day where i have the full day off so i will do stuff sunday and then monday you know if i hung out with someone all day sunday then i don't mind doing something like half the day monday but then i want the other half of the day for me and if i don't do that then i get more i guess irritable when i go mm -hmm. back to work for a couple of days and i come back it's like i need that day so Sometimes people don't understand that because I used to be really extroverted. Now I, I still can go out and socialize and joke around and have fun. But sometimes 
just staying in and reading a book or throwing on a movie is the best way to stay out of trouble or only having like say one friend instead of the big group is better than having a group of like eight people. Right. And that that's because like having that personal time is very addicting. It's very it addictive. Is. Yeah, I, I've found that, that, you know, the more personal time I have, I mean, there are times when I want to go out and do stuff, yes, but then, you know, you have those times where it's like, I don't want to be around anybody, I just want to be in my own company. Yeah, you know what, that makes sense, man, because I... Like now that I'm wanting to take a different route, I'm wanting to teaching things didn't work out. Okay. I'm wanting to write and I've been going on YouTube and learning as much as I can and like listening to different authors and like, Hey, what are your tips? And Stephen King, he, you know, he says, turn off the TV, put your phone on the charger, uh, sit down. If you have any windows, make sure the curtains are closed so you can't see them and spend two, three hours just writing and just ignoring everything, ignoring the rest of the world, create your own world, kind of put yourself into the scene, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's like tomorrow morning, I plan on getting up, making breakfast, and then doing a couple, at least two to three hours of writing, and just see where it takes me. Because I've been, I've had this story idea for like a year, but I just, I'll start writing, and I'm like, oh, it's not very good. And I had a friend give me feedback, and he's like, hey, your, your storyline is good, but you're rushing to the point. So you need to kind of space it out and slow down a little bit. So I'm going to try mm. something a little different. And they also say you have to read a lot in order to write. And so I've been reading um, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. And she uses kind of the old English because that was back then, you know. So then it's kind of the same. I'm going post-Civil War. So I'm going to do my own style of it. But I realized that I was not writing on the level that I could be. So I'm just going to kind of ignore everything else and just try it and see where it takes me tomorrow. Yeah, I uh, I have never written like that before. Um, uh-huh. I do have, and I talked about this with Bill a little bit last last week on last week's show. I have a concept for a a sitcom. Um, oh, cool! But I don't know how to get it off the ground. I don't know who I need to talk to. I don't know how to develop this because. You know, if I could develop this, I am so sure that would be a hit. And it's based loosely off of my fantasy world, which would be, um, it would start out with me and my best friend. Like, I'm a Hatfield, he's a McCoy. Um, And that's in real life. And so it would be us being roommates and the characters that you know, we come across that we both know and eventually it would branch out into his own main storyline and my own main storyline. And, um, you know, we would be, we would still be connected. You know, we would still be, you know, best friends. You know, we would, everybody would still be in the same, you know, in the episodes. It just would branch out. The story would develop. Um, but I have no idea the first, I have not the first clue of what to do with it. See, I was looking at taking a creative writing class, but, but I've been, you know, a lot of authors said no, that they just, what they did was 
they just read a lot and they just read multiple authors, which my favorite author is uh, Cassandra Clare. She writes the uh, Shadowhunters world. But a lot of it, I think, is just studying and reading a lot and going on YouTube and listening to writers. But creative writing, script writing is different, though, from my understanding than book writing. So they actually have I was looking at creative writing stuff yesterday just to see what kind of classes they had. They had one I clicked on just to look at it. It was actually for script writing. So you could do like a, almost like a script writing course. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, I mean, that sounds really interesting. I mean, just what you told me, but the thing is, is that we need more creativity. I was talking to uh, the one theater owner here in town and I asked him, I said, what's up with the nostalgia thing? I said, no, right now it's big, but they're making all these live actions. Do they not have any more ideas? He said, no, they don't have – it's not that they don't have ideas. It's just potential investors. They want that big name established actor. So that already makes your movie's budget have to go up. And so he was explaining to me that the theater takes – or the the studio takes so much percent of the gate. And then so the actors, like the big names, might get 20 percent of the gate. So it's that a lot of these – you have an independent film – here and there that gets money. But he said what he th- predicts is going to happen within the next five to 10 years is you're going to see the trend going back to storytelling over just big name actors and special effects and making it look, that's why I loved about the new star Wars. They went back to kind of the, in my, some of the old original star Wars special effects. Yeah. So I think sometimes the special effects takes away from good acting. Like, don't get me wrong. If Marvel, the special effects is part of the deal that makes it so cool. But in some some cases, I like to be able to watch good acting over special effects. Like one of the movies I've rewatched, I can't tell you how many times, is The Patriot. Okay. And the acting in that movie, I mean, you have uh, Mel Gibson, of course, and then you have um, Heath Ledger in there. And it's just a really, really well-made film with good storytelling. So if you have an interesting story and memorable characters, because I was reading one, one point that I was given one tip was don't focus on the scenery so much. You, you need to describe it a little bit, but people tend to remember the story plot points and the good, well-developed characters over what color of walls that the building had. Yeah. So that I, so one thing I was told was, you know, you can be descriptive, but, some writers are so flowery with their language that it takes them three pages to tell you what shade of purple the flower is. And that's a little bit over the top for me. Yeah, I, I, I can agree that that kind of takes you out of the story. Cause it's like, what does that have to do with what's going on? Right. Like in a battle, you know, when you're writing like a battle, I think it's really cool to, when they talk about like how the swords are flying through the air, stuff like that's cool. But like, I don't, I don't care about what kind of flowers are on the wall and what kind of designs. I mean, I know there are some architect fans and people who are really big into the wallpaper, but hey, read the books on that. You know, I don't need to read a vampire story that has 20 pages of the book dedicated to what the walls look like. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're not reading it for, you know, you're not reading the book for the uh the scenery you're reading the book for the story exactly so that's where my focus has been going is like hey let's just sit down start writing 
and focus on what would the characters have looked like? What would they have act like? How would their traits have affected their decision-making? What kind of flaws? Because every, you know, if you look at it, every, if you look, I look at it, the world like this, everybody has a story. Um, everybody is a character. Everyone has a role. They may not some figure it out sooner than others, but you know, you can't really judge a person until you actually understand what they're like, what they're dealing with in life, um, where they've been, what they've been through, that sort of thing. That old saying of don't judge a person until you walked a mile in their shoes. I, I believe in that. I, I believe in, you know, so when I'm writing, I want to make sure that I'm looking at, okay, this character went through this. How is this going to affect them? Like people that have trust issues, something happened more than likely that made that trust issue develop. It didn't just come from nowhere. Yeah. Uh, or, that... you know, so, I mean, it's, it's that sort of thing that is really, really important is I want, I want to give you, cause my, one of my friends was writing too, and he sent me an email to give him feedback and I read it and I'm like, what do you think? I said, you know, wording, the only improvement I really suggest, there is some awkward phrases and wording, but I said, your idea and now I, I i give good advice but i don't always take my own advice it irritates me because what i told him was you're what you did your job because what do you mean by that i said well you're trying to get the reader to feel something with a character so either you're trying to get them to be unsure about a character like huh this person could be shady or you're trying to get them to not like a character you're trying to get them to like a character you're trying to get them to have sympathy for a character. So just you're trying to get an emotional connection or attachment to a character when you're creating them. Right. Cause, so, yeah. Because my whole thing about storytelling is if you can't if you can't pin an emotion on every single character, then the characters you can't they don't need to be in a story. Yes. The only exception there are some characters who hide like, okay, let's give you an example here. There are characters that maybe you don't quite know what they're feeling, but it's because they themselves don't know what they're feeling. So that's, that's, that's where you come out with the character arc where you actually like someone who they like, look at, okay, Snape, one of the best well-developed characters. You didn't know what he was doing or how he was feeling a lot of times because he was playing two sides. He really was on Dumbledore's side, but he had to act like that he was Voldemort's follower. So that, that made him a really well-written character. So there are going to be times where you don't know what to think about a character, but eventually you're going to have to have that arc where that character is going to open up or even just tidbits here and there. Oh, this character, you know, and you describe something they do and it's like, well, maybe they aren't such a bad guy after all. So yeah, if, if you can't feel some kind of a connection to a character, uh, at some point in the story, at the beginning, you might have one character that's more of a background character and later they come, become more important. But that was the thing I read too. If you can take a character out of the story and the story is still good, then you really don't need that character. So I'll be sitting there writing and all of a sudden a character will come to me. Like, oh, so-and-so's son or so-and-so's friend. And some of them are just very small, minor characters. But, hey, it's a town. You need some characters that are just there. They're not big characters. They're just kind of like secondary characters. And then maybe later they have more roles. But, you know, like in movies, you have those characters that have one or two lines. Yeah. 
and then that's it. And so you do need that in your book. What I call those are filler characters. They're not there to, they're there to fill a spot, basically. That's understandable. Like, hey, it's a townsperson. Or, hey, there was a guy sitting at the bar whenever the bullets started flying and it hit somebody and he dropped his beer and it broke and then ran out. So it's like you have those kind of characters, too, where they're just kind of they're just people that are there. I'm but talk- your bigger characters you have to develop. Right. I'm talking about more of your bigger characters. Yeah. Um, you, you have um, – see, I've done theater, so – you have um, your main characters, you have your supporting characters, and then you have the rest of the cast. And to me, those kind of characters are just the rest of the cast. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because I would say I probably have... Um, let's see here. I'm trying to place my head. Really, there's... Because the, the challenge for me, this is my first time writing a book, and you have multiple main characters so you really have i would say six main characters then you have a couple who will become bigger characters towards either the end of the story or if all goes the way i wanted to it's actually going to be a trilogy so it's one of those things where hey i pose some questions for you in book one answer a couple add a few more for two and then answer more in two and then three should wrap everything up and close it out yeah but uh, I think storytelling is, if you think about it, it's in our everyday lives. I mean, how many people go on YouTube and watch clips of a show or they're, you know, watching a movie or a TV show? Like, it really is just a lot of, there's a lot of storytelling in our life. And even when you sit down and look around, there are people who, like I, I was talking to somebody that said when they go out to public places, they people watch and they try to imagine what that person that's walking by, what their life's like. I know some people like that. Yeah. I like to talk to people and stuff, but it all it, it can be kind of fun to people watch, but only for so long. Like, I'm not going to sit there for three hours and people watch. Like, I was watching an episode of The Ranch, and uh, have you watched it? I have never seen it. Okay, well, uh, Sam Elliott's character, he's in a motel with Deborah Winger, who plays his wife in the show. And they're sitting there in a motel or on like Romantic Weekend. And he has a pair of binoculars and there's a guy eating a burger or something. And he, hold on, I heard something else. Oh. Oh, never mind. We're good. <laughs> I thought it was coming from your end. It was coming from my end, I think. I accidentally clicked on like YouTube or something. Ah, the joys of doing a podcast uh, in the COVID age. I know I accidentally clicked something on my phone. What was, what was I saying? Um, oh, you- I, okay. The scene, they're in the motel room and... She's like, why are you people watch? We're supposed to be having a romantic getaway. And he's looking out the window with binoculars. And he goes, that guy out there, see him? He's sitting in a van. I don't trust him. She goes, what's he doing? He's eating a cheeseburger. And then and then uh, she goes, well, this is stupid. And then he goes to the bathroom. And she has the binoculars now. And she's looking out the window. And she goes, now he's eating a pizza. And he starts talking. He goes, wait a minute. He's eating a pizza now? And he grabs the binoculars back and looks. He goes, what the hell is this guy doing? But it's just like goofy stuff like that that – you know, 
I feel like it's important to have even in a darker story. You need to have a little bit of humor in there. Yeah. So that's one thing too, because my story is more, I guess it would be more geared towards young adults. So there is some dark parts, but there's also some humor in there. So I think it's important. It's just like everybody, man. You have some parts in your life that are funny, and then you have other things that are serious, and you have other things that are kind of in the middle. But uh, it's interesting. But anyways, one topic I wanted to talk to you about was I had a coworker of mine and I were talking about what we would do if we won the lotto. Oh, okay. And he was – we agreed that it depends on the age you win the lotto because – you have a deal where you can either take the lump sum or you can get paid out checks every so often. You know what I mean? Like a more steady income coming in rather than a lump sum. Yes. Well, we, we agreed that it would be best to do the, if you're younger, um, because you never know what life's going to take you to go ahead and do dip checks. Because here's the thing. A lot of people who in the lotto, their money's gone. So what you do is you have a steady income and that way you can't spend it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've thought of that. Yeah. The other suggestion was take a million dollars that you win and that's your go have fun with the money. But once it's gone, it's gone and that's it. That was another idea. But I I said, you know, what I would do personally, this is what I would do. I would buy a house and I would have two vehicles. I would have the one I have now and maybe another one that's, you know, good. Just I'm not going to get a fancy, fancy car. Just another car to have in case one needs to be in the shop. Then I have the other one, you know, getting fixed. And then that would be about it. I wouldn't need a great big house. I would run a decent house, but people to spend millions and the upkeep on that. I, you know, I could find a house for like say a eighty to one hundred twenty thousand, let's say, for a hot, nicer house, and have like a home theater, home library. And let's be honest. If I read a book and then go buy another one, it's a relatively cheap hobby compared to like buying classic cars and stuff like that. Yes. So I guess because I am more easygoing, there, yeah, I would have nice furniture and I guess some nice stuff in there, but I really don't see the need for having a house you can get lost in or having just excessive amounts of junk for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, right. hey, start up some CDs and put some money into some stocks and multiple savings accounts and just being prepared for the future because you never know what's going to happen. The most absurd thing I have ever heard um, a celebrity do is, and it was it was fairly recent. Um, the country singer Kane Brown got lost on his own property, and I'm thinking, if you're getting lost on your own property, you have too much property. For sure, man. I can't even imagine that. Well, imagine, what if someone got dementia, and they're older? And, you know, it's like, that's scary. Like, or even just in general, if you have a big enough of property to get lost, that's ridiculous. I could see if, okay, let's say you have, like, for me, it's movies. So if I had one room that had, like, posters of my favorite movies, a projector, and a theater screen, and a good surround sound, a few comfortable seats, and popcorn machines, stuff like that, yeah, it's going to cost me a little bit, but still not that expensive compared to some other things, but I could never see myself living in a place where I'd be lost. And that's just absurd. Right. And I like your plan too. just live modestly. Like if I were to win the lottery, um, I would take, I would not take the lump sum. I would take the 20 year payout. And, yes. um, 
I would buy me a house. I, probably a, a bi-level house. Um, for maybe 100, 120. Yeah, buy, buy a couple of nice vehicles. Doesn't have to be fancy. Just buy a couple of nice vehicles. You know, have brand new furniture. And the rest of that, I would just... I would pay my bills. And I would stash it away. Because, you know... For me, I have... I have, you know, my niece, uh, my best friend's kids. You know, I would love to preserve some of that for their college. Well, yeah, man. And not just that. It's like, you know, it's just like being able to donate to charity a little bit and being able to go where the resources are needed, like actually go out. And then also, you know, we're doing the podcast thing, have our own little studio to be able to meet up and have a podcasting deal that sort of thing that would be really cool too that would be really cool but i'm just saying like you could still go out and spend let's just say a couple hundred grand and have everything you really want right there and then from there after a while it's like okay like i wouldn't want to live in a way that i'm not comfortable living like yeah i could have some nice stuff but it's like okay I, i wouldn't feel comfortable living in a big house so it's like why would i want a big house you know what i mean right and that's just way too much to take care of by yourself Exactly. It's practice. It's being practical. And I think that if I had a basement that was furnishable, I could put a home theater in and a bedroom and and then maybe like a office slash library thing like upstairs. I'd probably spend the majority of time downstairs anyways, the home theater and all that. But that would be perfect. And then just a nice kitchen and you know, and I would want to be able to host some friends that come over and have room to decorate stuff. But it's like I wouldn't want to uh, go to the point where I'm just uncomfortable being in my own house. Right. Because your house is supposed to be the place you're most comfortable in. And... Right. Like, the the only... To kind of... To kind of... Put a comma on that. Um, or, no, a semicolon... The only extravagant thing I would do is I would shop normal. Or, not normal. I would shop local. And that's sad to say that um, that's extravagant. But, you know, some sometimes it is. Sometimes, you know, you go to Walmart to get your deals. And you shop local to keep the money local. And that's what I would do. I would not go yes. to chain stores. The I would shop. Being, the problem being... When you're just a working person like everybody else, um, affordability, Walmart, places like that are going to be cheaper than going to play, you know, going to local because local generally, yeah, it's local, but it's more expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. I get why it's more expensive. Um, But I I would rather help put you know, somebody local put their child through dance classes than, um, you know, provide another mansion for a CEO. Right. Well, I was telling my friend Brian tonight, the theater in Hillsboro, it's only $8 and you get your popcorn and drink with your ticket. It's 10 if you want a large. I, I did the 10 to 9 because I wanted the kettle corn. They have like flavored popcorn. But I'm like, you know, I could go every two weeks or once a month to the theater here in town and see an old movie because they're doing old movies now. Like I said, it's night. We saw Hocus Pocus in two weeks. I think they're playing Nightmare Before Christmas. So it's like, I can go to the theater 
and support it by just going once every couple of weeks or once a month even and going out to the theater and just like supporting the local business. So something like that's not too expensive. Actually, our theater's cheap compared to, you know, your big theaters. Right. And, you know, big big theaters, you know, they... Mm, I lost where I was going with that. Well, I'll tell you this. If I go to my hometown theater in Hillsboro, I'll pay the $10. Here's my rule. If it's a movie that is under two hours, two hours or less, I'll get a regular size water and regular size popcorn because I don't normally eat the popcorn because it's way too damn salty or buttery. But I'll, I'll get that and I'll get the regular size drink. If it's over two, I always get water. If it's over two hours, then I get the large. But now that they have the flavor kettle corn or the popcorn, they have the s'mores and kettle corn and all that. I get the largest so I can get that. But if I go to – so I get all that for like 10 bucks. If I go to Springfield, let's say, to a big theater up there, it's – like sometimes 15 just for the ticket. So I always bring gum to chew and I just buy a bottle of water and that's it. And that's like five or six bucks, but I don't get popcorn because I'm like, I'm not going to sit there and spend all this money on something I don't really love. But if it comes with it, like with the kettle corn deal or the flavored popcorn, then yeah, I'll get it, but I'm not going to sit there and I'll eat dinner before the movie and then just have my water and gum be good. Right. But it's affordability, man, like clothes, especially you want to buy clothes, local, good grief. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, those clothes shops, like, I love to go thrift shopping. Mm -hmm. I haven't really, I'll be honest, I haven't really gone a lot. Like a lot of times it's just I go to Walmart, get a pair of jeans for like 15, 16 bucks. I can get a T-shirt. Sometimes I go online to get, like, band T-shirts and movie stuff. But I can go to, like, Walmart and get T-shirts. And every now and then I'll go somewhere, like, I used to, not as much now, but I used to go to, like, Hot Topic. And I would get, like, oh, hey, they have a new, when the Harry Potter stuff or whatever, you know, I could buy, like, a Harry Potter shirt or whatever. So stuff like that I would get. But, yeah, I, I've i never really been too much thrift shopping. I think it would be fun to actually have the experience of going with somebody I know, but I've never really done it too yeah. much. But I also won't go to the mall and spend $80 on a pair of jeans that have holes in them. Right. When you can buy jeans at Walmart for like 10 bucks and create the holes yourself. <laughs> see, that? See, you and I think the same way about that kind of thing. It's just like, what are you trying to prove? You're not better than somebody because you're wearing a pair of Abercrombie, you know, you know, you're just because of a brand that doesn't make you better than anybody. It just shows that you spent more money on clothes than I did. Okay, fine, but that also allows me to have money for other stuff rather than right like now. I've gotten to where I look at my apartment. I'm like, okay, my shelves are full of movies. I really don't have room for more movies, but I really don't need to buy anymore because I have so many. And it's like I, I have my animatronics. I'm only stuff like okay, I have enough of that. So for my apartment size, I'm like, I really have everything. I need, I, I, the only thing I'm probably going to go get is a winter coat for this winter. That'll be about it. Otherwise I have everything I need. So like for the next year, I really don't need to be going out and getting a bunch of new stuff because at the end of the day, you're just building up junk and I really don't need any more of that. So now I can just stay at home, write podcast with you, do some reading, listen to music, that sort of thing, and just be perfectly content with what I have now. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is a good place to bookmark. I want to uh, 
I want to plug our social media, facebook.com slash Billy and, uh, slash the Billy and that show. Um, you can check out our anchor page, uh, the same name, the Billy and that show. Um, we are working on trying to get back on Spotify for and some, what happened? uh, our Spotify link is broken. So, um, I have to get with anchor support cause they're the ones that distribute and create the links. So I, I got to get with them to create a new link, but, um, you can catch us everywhere else. Um, that you get your podcasts and, uh, I think that's it. So yeah, we well, will see you soon. We will talk to you next week.